Welcome to Strategic Insights Radio brought to you by Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. If your dream is to start a business or not-for-profit or grow your existing enterprise, Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. is ready to help you make it happen. Our business, marketing, and technology consulting services get you started with financial projections and business plans, developing marketing plans and implementing them, growing and, mar- and market your, through brand website development and social media management, increasing productivity with process improvement and automation, and selecting and using the right technology with our business technology strategy consulting and implementation services. I'm Dave Wilkins, Chief Operating Officer of Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. And my guest today is the duo of Reno Borgononi and his son, Reno Borgononi Jr. Welcome, guys. Yeah, thank you. Good afternoon. Good. So, Let's talk about Reno Borgognoni. Reno is a CPA and has been has a career of over 30 years of experience in accounting and finance. He started his career as a staff accountant with Beverly Enterprises, and he advanced to be, which is a large healthcare organization, and he advanced to becoming the director of finance and management information. Reno joined with some of his close Beverly colleagues and spun off into a new affiliate from Beverly called Advanet and introduced the first national preferred provider network of subacute healthcare providers, which is kind of interesting in and of itself, uh, coupled with a nurse staff patient case management services. And for all you in healthcare, you obviously know what all that is. and he success, uh, successfully um, um, entered his market. Um, Advanet was so successful that within four years, it was acquired by a large insurance company. So that's one of those cases where yeah, growth and success can come uh, to uh, great results. Once he moved on to for that, he focused his passion on his prof- on his profession. Uh, he started his public accounting practice as a CPA in May of uh, 1988, in conjunction with his corporate career, and made a move from relocating from Georgia back to Arkansas, and then back to Georgia in 1999. And all that time, he kept growing his public accounting practice. Reno served as the uh, serves as the chief financial officer and board member of MD and E Inc. It's an IT staffing firm and the chief accounting officer of Needles Wireless Solutions LLC, which is a wireless IT consulting firm. This big business experience and his executive level experience uh, with working with other uh, accounting firms and uh, other clients. Uh, has provided Reno with a diversity of knowledge enabling him to, and his firm to provide higher levels of support to his clients today. Reno also provides financial planning and investment services and has obtained numerous FINRA licenses. In his, his resume, it shows a whole bunch. I didn't even know there were that many FINRA licenses. I knew there were a lot, but he, he, I think he's got them all. Um, Reno practices include accounting, tax preparation, investment advisory services, and the firm nickname is RMB CPA, and he also offers fractional CFO services to clients of all size. Welcome, Reno. And Reno Jr., who is also here, obviously is Reno's son. He graduated just a few years ago from Kennesaw State. So he's uh, he joined the firm and following the family. 
and that can be uh, we, we could talk about the the, the family dynamics um, and it's because we've had some other family businesses on we might try to bring them all in together and have the have a joint discussion on that that could be an interesting topic in and of itself okay. now our topic today is going to be taxes and people say well wait a minute taxes are, you know we're not there yet, are we well yeah you remember way back at the beginning of the year there was this thing congress did and they went and changed the tax laws and then all of a sudden there was a lot of consternation and uh, suppositions and um, wringing hands and so forth of what's going to happen and you know we're still trying to figure that out but it all went dark after that and meanwhile the irs has been trying to sort out exactly what congress did and, and start putting some uh, uh, processes and procedures called regulations in place to make it all happen uh, and getting the forms updated and so forth but um, in the meantime people haven't exactly had a good idea of what to do right Right. And that's where we're going to talk about today is saying, okay, well, we've got a couple months before the end of the year. What do we know? What don't we know? And what can we do to at least be somewhat proactive in, in doing what, 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 what's left of the year and do some uh, tax planning? So with that, Reno, mm -hmm. help us understand what some of these, uh, t the, the, you know, the summary of the tax cuts and the job act changes uh and how they affect both individuals and businesses okay we'll give that a shot well thanks for the introduction there you you leave me nothing much else to say about myself <laughs> other than that yes we are a father-son operation today and we're having a lot of fun with that uh you know as a as a personal service uh and with the diversity of experience i have you know i feel like i'm, I'm kind of too to help that growing business the one that uh starts out from the garage and next thing you know he's got two or three or four locations around town and he's looking on how to grow that and take care of that yeah and, and for if for in the sake of uh, full disclosure uh you know, we at sterling rose have uh, recommended a number of our clients to reno <laughs> yes we have a lot of fun with sturdy rose they they do the business plans get you started help you out with your marketing uh but then they hand you over to me for taxes so we we like that relationship well let's talk about taxes for a moment uh david you said a lot of things changed i believe there's been a lot of uh communication about this the internet is full of traffic about the new tax you know cut uh that came out and and they they throw out you know some of the changes that were made but you don't see a lot of explanation about those changes so there's there's probably more questions than there are facts about the changes out there right now um but I, let me just touch on a, a quick summary of we'll start with the individual uh, obviously individuals and the small businesses were impacted by the new uh, tax cuts and jobs act uh, but individuals had some significant changes, and I think very significant changes that we're still trying to understand exactly how they're going to impact us come tax filing season. First of all, there was a tax cut in the rates, right? We know that. Mm -hmm. it, it owned, owned the magnitude of 2 to 3% on most of your ranges. That alone doesn't tell you much because the rate went down, so you, you'll feel like you'll pay a little less in taxes, right? But they also made some other changes to exemptions and deductions that could have an impact that you were not expecting. For example, the personal exemptions that we're all used to, this is a deduction for every independent or, or every dependent in your family, you, your spouse, your children, you were getting a $4,050 deduction for each one of you. And that totaled up pretty good. A four-person family, you know, you're, you're, you're at 16,000, 16, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, so that, that added up pretty quick. Well, that's gone. 
they completely eliminated that. And the reasoning behind the, the ability to eliminate that was a decrease in taxes and then the fact that they increased our standard deduction. Uh, we all know about itemized deductions where you have your charities and your medical expenses and some of your interest and in taxes and all that that are deductible. Well, they doubled that standard exemption. A single went from 6350 to 12000 for example. The, the married uh, family joint went from twelve seven to, to twenty four. essentially a doubling of that amount. Uh, and that's great news for the persons or the people who whom had less than that amount of deductions. Because right. if, you, if you had 10000 now you have twenty four if you're a married couple, right? Um, you know, so that would help some people. Um but then if you were that large family, had a lot of dependents, you mm-hmm. lost all those exemptions, so you may actually be on the downside of, of the changes in, 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 in these tax laws. Yeah, so. because your, your, your standard deduction didn't go up once you got past the married, married couple with, with kids. You know, the kids didn't add any more to the standard deduction, did right. they? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, if, you, if you're a married couple with two children, you had, you know, four exemptions, 16000 off, like you're saying, but now all of a sudden— that's gone. So mm-hmm. even though your standard itemized deductions went from twelve seven to twenty four, it's in simple math twelve thousand more, right? Eleven three more. Um, but then you lost sixteen on an exemption. So you can see how you actually have four five thousand more in taxable income now this year because of that. Thank goodness that the rates did drop a bit, but a few points of a rate on a lots of thousands of dollars uh, still adds up to a lot of tax liability. So we're a little bit concerned about that. Uh, I know it's late in the year, uh, here being, you know, late October, but if you have not reviewed your withholding status from your W-2s yet, just look at how much has been withheld year to date and maybe mock up and do a test, you know, tax return, a sample return or something. We'll be glad to help you out with that. You know, come to us for a pro forma tax return, we call it. And we will kind of let you know where you stand. Uh, you don't have a whole lot of time to make adjustments to your withholding. But that's one of the concerns that we are experiencing this year, this late in the year. Uh, clients that we have uh, earlier in the year and over the summer, they were coming to us to do those reviews. And uh-huh. we're finding out that the tax withholding system is not very well prepared for the changes for the medium to larger size families because of all these loss of exemptions and so ah, forth. So, so the, the, circu- the circular E wasn't exactly uh, well thought out in this process in terms of providing us a, a broad range of uh, coverage. Yeah, well, in, in, I, actually, it was kind of late in the year. It was already sometime in February, I believe, when the government finally got around to updating the withholding tables for employers. Yeah. Right? But those withholding tables still are, on, are, are based on the premise of here's your salary range and here's the number of exemptions you would typically have. And, and you would have to almost translate that to dependents now, right? So yep. here's a number of dependents you would have. So a family of with six children is going to go into work and say, yes, I'm a married filing joint and I've got six exemptions. But now since you don't get a dollar value deduction for that exemption on your tax return, having so many exemptions on your withholding allowance table at work is going to cause you to be underwithheld. Uh-oh. And that's where the I gotcha is getting people. They're not realizing, or some of them didn't change it at all. You may have been you know, married, filing joint, four exemptions, single with two, whatever, for many years, and you just never think about changing it. And because of the changes in the rates and the changes of your deductions, this was one of those necessary years to go in and 
and tighten that up. Okay. So if you haven't done that yet, let's do that and at least be prepared. Get next year right. Get the rest of this year next year right, and and, and you'll be prepared for, for maybe a little bit more due or a little bit less refund than you used to. You know, in in that regard, before we jump into some of the the more uh, some of the other deductions or changes, I should say, um, what about is there anything that was done as far as the underpayment penalty? Because you know, you know, somebody could be significantly, you know, from what you're saying, there could be some possibility there. You could be, you know, more than the ten percent that's. Uh, the adjustment or the, roughly in that neighborhood you know did they make yeah. any allowance for that this year i i am not aware of one okay. if there, if there's one out there we don't know you know a lot of things are still in flux right now mm-hmm. you know the irs is still working on a congress mandate to come out with a one-page 1040 tax return right <laughs> i think they're still struggling with getting what they need on a page uh, and 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 uh, in order to accomplish that, they're having to generate a lot of different schedules, you know, attached schedules and so forth. And that's that's uh, uh, you know kind of causing a little bit of issues for you know the sizing and the fonting and you know is it readable, <laughs> you know, or are you going to be to actually see this thing without reading glasses when you get it, kind of a thing. Right. And then of course all your software companies that we we in the profession use are, are struggling to how that's going to be done. So we're probably looking at maybe even a late start to the tax season next year. I haven't heard nothing of that yet. I've heard it hinted, but uh, there's a good chance we may not be starting as timely with tax season as we hope we normally would. Interesting. We're normally ready in late January. Yeah. Hopefully that'll be the case. But if the IRS doesn't uh, finalize its formats of, of their various forms and the changes and deliver those to the software companies, we'll all be behind on being able to be ready for tax season. Yeah. So we're hoping... Uh, as a profession that that, that uh, everybody is is running at a, at, at 110 percent on trying to get that accomplished in time, uh, but we don't know. Yeah, don't that's know. right. We don't know what we don't know. Well, what are some of the other uh, big changes that we do, you know, that you think could have some impacts um, and and unintended consequences? Well, there's a couple of other uh, good changes I can, I can run through real quick. Uh, you know, the we still have our child tax credits and so forth. They didn't go away. Yes, we lost those exemptions for our children, right? Mm-hmm. But the child tax credits are still there, and they actually went up. Okay. Uh, they actually essentially doubled. They went from a thousand to two thousand, uh, and and uh, uh, there's a, there's a refundable portion of those credits that you have, and and the refundable portion was a thousand. It's gone up to about fourteen hundred now. So okay. ev- even if you're in a situation where you don't owe taxes, uh, it could increase your refund. Uh, one of the big nasty things we had about taxes over the last several years that 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 gets a lot of people in in the uh, middle income ranges is the alternative minimum tax. Yes, and the alternative minimum tax is still there. It hasn't gone away, but the level at which your income gets to before ATM would possibly kick in on you was increased. So it should affect less people, I guess, okay. uh, you know, from, yeah. from that perspective. That can always be a very nasty and painful uh, surprise. Yeah, we had a change just a few years ago in part of our itemized deductions in reference to medical expenses. You know, they had oh, changed yeah. the medical expense deduction to where you couldn't deduct any medical expenses unless those expenses were greater than 10% of your adjusted gross income. Mm-hmm. They dropped that back down to 7.5. Okay. So we had a little bit of a go back in time there and put that back to where we're all used to it being. So that's going to be an add-on for our mature families and, and families with a lot of medical bills. You, yep. you still have that. And I do. we know that the itemized deductions – 
you know, standard deduction increase. But again, when you're able to calculate deductions and, and get them up a little higher, you know, you still have the ability to deduct greater than that than that 12 as an individual or 24 as a, as a married couple. Right. So you don't want to just naturally assume, well, just because the standard deduction goes up, that's I'm good for that. Uh, you know, you really do want to go through and calculate out which itemized deductions are to see which one is going to provide you the best value. Yes, you do. And, and really good point there, Dave. Um, a lot of my clients were, yay, yay, yay. I don't have to worry about keeping up with all this itemized deduction receipts and everything anymore. And we're real quick to go, whoa, whoa, no, don't, don't not do yeah. that. Keep up with it because don't forget about your state taxation. We're talking about federal taxes here where the federal government increased your standard deduction for itemizing. And the state is has made, the state of Georgia has made a few changes too, but they're substantially lower in their amount of, of standard deduction than the federal government is. So if you have ten fifteen thousand $15,000, you know, a little bit less than what you're going to get automatically with the federal government, if you're still retaining all those receipts, and come bring that details to us so we can file those details, you're going to increase the deduction which you get at the state level. Mm-hmm. Okay, no, so, yeah. you know, so the state level, uh, I believe the state level, uh, let me see here, the state of Georgia uh, is 23, it went from 2,300 to 4,600. It essentially doubled, just like the federal government says, they doubled their yep. exemptions. Well, so did Georgia, but theirs are so much smaller. Right. A single from 2,300 to 4,600, a married couple from 3,000 to 6,000. Yeah. Okay. If you're head of household, married, filing separate something, you just get half that three thousand. So they double too from three to six. But again, in my example, if you have twelve thousand, thirteen thousand dollars in itemized deduction, so you're going to automatically get that twenty four on the federal. You want that thirteen on the state, not the four. Exactly. You know, so, or exactly. the six. So yeah. you want to you want to come down and make sure that you you do keep up with those right and of course every state's probably different in terms of how they handle it so mm-hmm. uh, you know it's going to be all you, you know, can't ignore the state implications of this at any at, at, at any point no you can't and there's yep. uh you know when it comes to the state there are several other uh rules that uh the states may or may not have you know agreed with with with, with the with the federal changes mm-hmm. and uh you know in the profession we try to stay cognizant of all those we'll update you on that uh, not something we can go over here because there's so many states, but just make sure that you do understand the differences or the changes in your state for 2018 as well, because there should have been some. If you haven't heard about any changes in your state, you need to look because they probably did. They either agreed to some of the new federal principles or they would document an exception to it, and you need to make sure you're aware of those. Right, right. Okay. You know, the uh, there, there was a change in itemized deductions, two changes which itemized deductions that are not going over very well. Everybody's complaining. I've gotten people passing out, having, you know, stroking out and everything else, it seems like. Uh, they got rid of the miscellaneous itemized deduction section of your Schedule A. That miscellaneous itemized deduction section is your unreimbursed employee business expenses. Right. It's your investment Broker fees for your IRAs, pension accounts, stuff like that. You know, you used to be able to deduct your, exactly. your, your, your broker fees there. Um, my fees, if you paid me to do your taxes, your tax preparer fees were down there in that section. A couple other things, you know, but that, that's gone. You know, so if you're an employee, and I have a lot of clients that are employees of firms, and they're mm-hmm. out there doing a lot of traveling around and getting reimbursed maybe a little bit, but not all of it. So they had these nice deductions in the past. They're now gone. Um and uh, we have been working with our employers to, to make sure they're aware of that. And, and then in most cases, I, I have seen the average employer, especially the larger employers, they're, they're accommodating the employee. They have brought those into expense reimbursement programs where they get, you get fully reimbursed and, 
you know, all that good. So if you haven't experienced that yet or haven't talked with your employers about that one yet, that's something you need to do between now and the end of the year as well. Right, right, because, yeah, that's a, that's a key one for a lot mm-hmm. of people. Yeah, um, that, that is. And the other one was they're limiting our state in property tax deductions and so forth. You yes. Know, you have a, in your itemized deductions, you have a tax section, you know, property taxes, real estate taxes, all those, right? And they're limiting that to $10,000 for 2018 and, and for the next couple of years. Uh, that could get a couple of us as well, you know, because I, I have quite a few clients that are well over $10,000 in those areas. So sure. that's something else that, that you need to be cognizant of and, and make sure that uh, you're prepared for the shift in your tax liability that that, 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 that may cause. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, for many years, there's been a lot of discussion uh, in Congress and in the IRS about deductibility of mortgage loan interest and right. and things like that. Yep. And, and uh, they did trim that down a little. It, it didn't go away, thank goodness. But you used to be able to deduct interest on up to a million dollars of primary and secondary residence uh, debt, and they dropped that to 750000 And they also eliminated home equity loan interest deductibility. And that's kind of something that most people haven't picked up on. So if you have a home equity loan mm-hmm. that you bought a car with or something of that nature, which we all used to be able to deduct yep. prior to 2018, that interest is no longer deductible. Okay. Our coaching for people is to go get a new first mortgage. If you've got a couple of mortgages, a couple of home equities, go write a new first mortgage and get it all back into the deductibility realm. Yeah. Okay. And that's the way you fix that. Just get a new first mortgage. Mm. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a lot of changes that that uh, probably a lot of people haven't realized, and and that's going to be a rude awakening come tax day. Yeah, I mean it, it. It is again. It's those. It's really the itemized deductions I think that has the most impact on people, where they changed and got rid of some of those areas. Yeah. Um, from a you business know. standpoint, particularly the small businesses, well, you know, LLCs, S corps, things like that. What are uh, what are some of the changes that are affecting there? And and of course, you know, you get into the, the issue. Obviously, since those are all pass throughs, that that is that there's the impact upon your personal. So how do you balance that out uh, relative to you know? Is there an advantage of ever considering going to a C Corp, you know, for tax reasons, um, you know, based upon what we're seeing right now? Yeah, well, I believe it would be accurate to say that with the new tax law, you need to relook at your entity, uh, you know, classifications and your entity uh, uh, decisions and so forth, because there is some challenge in those areas. Uh, it's not like the the new law changed and, and and ruined you know the the advantages of a LLC or a sub S. It didn't really mm-hmm. have any direct impact on them, but where the impact is is in the new gimme that they gave us. What the federal government has done is they've substantially decreased the corporate income tax rate structure. Okay, yeah. the corporation, and in doing that, they didn't want to leave out all of the pass-through entities that are you know very similar entities but you're just not being taxed at any level you're like you said before passing it down to the personal level right right so the the government implemented for because they couldn't drop those rates that's your personal rates right now we did drop personal rates right but not as much as the corporate rates were dropped they were dropped a lot okay they went they went down like you know 10 percent they Mm -hmm. went down from 35 to 21 okay 
uh, pretty substantial drop. So to accommodate the pass-through entrepreneurs for that, they came up with a 20% deduction off of your net income of your pass-through entities. Oh, okay. And that's pretty substantial. Oh, it is. So yeah. to keep bath easy, if you made 100000 net income, you're only going to pay tax on 80000 of it. Uh, who can beat that? That's a 20% deduction uh, against your net income. Now, there's, a, there's all kinds of rules and exceptions, and I got you is built into that policy. And that's where we can get into some long-winded discussions about your entity types. Right. Certain entities, like the sub-S, for example, require you to pay yourself a salary because yes. you're not a partner. You are an owner, a shareholder, and therefore, if you are providing services as an employee to the enterprise, you need to be paid as an employee. Right. 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 And that's kind of the concept behind why subchapter S, which is a corporation, you know, partnership acting like a corporation, is taxed in that manner. They have these rules that you need to pay the majority of your net income as a W-2. And then the rest of your net income will be passed down to you, and it will be self-employment tax-free. That's the big sub-S advantage. If you were a regular LLC or a regular partnership, all of your net income is self-employment taxable. Right. And that rate is running at about 15.3%. Okay. So you can see there's a substantial savings of self-employment taxes by simply taking your LLC or C-Corp and registering as a sub-S. Yes. But wasn't some part of that or half that self-employment tax deductible as a business expense? Yes, it is. Yeah. That is true. It is a business expense. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so. But it's still a, a tax you have to do. Oh, yeah. It's still a tax. No no question. Now, now you heard now, me state now, before. Now, oh, but here's mm-hmm. the question. Here, now, so is that self-employment tax, does that fall under that $10,000 limit? Oh. <laughs> no, that... Uh, no, because that's it's, it's it's a first it's a it's what we call a, a 1040 land item. It's on the oh, first page okay. of your 1040 as a deduction if you get it. So it's not an item as a deduction. All right, we're lucky about that. Okay, but you know I thought you were going to get into the fact that you know you have that tax and and what and 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 uh, do you get that 20 percent deduction off your net income for that? Uh, and the answer is no. Uh-huh. So you all hear you all understand that the IRS has given us a 20 percent deduction off of our net income from the business right that's for income taxes only not self self-employment taxes yes so if you made a hundred thousand net income that all goes to the self-employment tax land yep. only eighty thousand of it twenty percent removed goes to your income tax land that's uh, a big a big misunderstanding or or, or lack of understanding uh, you know out there in the in the in the lay public uh on that principle because the you go look on the internet, yay, we get this 20% deduction, that's all they say. And they give you a couple of other qualifications, but they never clearly define uh, and talk about the self-employment tax. So the self-employment tax, we did not get a break on. Yeah, so much for tax simplification. Right. So you can imagine the complexity you're going to have here in 2019 when you're doing your 2018 tax returns uh, to have to determine what your net income is under two different formulas for two different taxes uh, using the same form. So we are expecting your Schedule C's and your K-1s and forms like this coming out of the entity tax returns to be modified maybe a bit to provide a little bit more information for the individual tax preparer on your individual return. Um, those, uh, I brought up the fact about the Sub-S a while ago and their, and their wages uh, because 
when you are below a certain income level, uh-huh. and right now that's one hundred fifty-seven thousand five hundred for the single, double that three hundred and fifteen thousand for the married filing joint couple. Um, and if you're married and filing separate, you just cut that in half. It's back to the same number, one fifty-seven five. If you're over those income levels, you start to probably lose that twenty percent deduction. You get it automatically when you're below those levels. Yeah. But a couple of different things kick in when you get above that. And that's taxable income I'm talking about there, not your not, adjusted gross income, not total income. It's your taxable income, which mm-hmm. is is the lowest of all the other numbers on your return, we hope, right? right? We hope that total income, taxable income, will never be more than total income, right? So the I taxable income is reduced a bit for some various deductions. Yep. And if that amount is above the threshold, uh, you are then going to fall prey to a requirement that your 20% deduction is now limited to 50% of the W-2 wages paid for in your company. Now, Ooh. if you're a legitimate company with several employees, you know, yeah. you're an LLC, you got 15, 20 employees, you're not going to have a problem coming up with some wages to get the 20%, you know, minimum uh, allowance there. But if you are that one person subchapter S company and you did not pay yourself that salary that you're supposed to pay, right? you just lost that deduction. Okay. Oops. You know, see, you know, and if you're, you know, a single member LLC or something like that, yeah. you would also at above those limits when you get above that 1575, if your income if your W2 wages is zero, you now lose your 20% deduction as well. So at certain income levels, being a sole proprietor may be advantageous over being an LLC or sub S, but then when you get above those levels and yeah. you get to where you have that W2 requirement, now it's more advantageous for you to be an entity, okay. not to be a proprietorship, a Schedule C we call it, but to be an entity and to pay yourself wages and so forth if you're you know, a, a, an right. independent company yep. uh, or to gain those advantages you know, for, for, for those exceptions if you are a multi-person company. So that's something that we're working with people now uh, to make sure that uh, if you – if it would be to your advantage, you know, to make sure that you're not doing so many owner draws that you may be having some salaries and wages in there as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so. we are we are actually running close to uh, time, and uh, which obviously there's a lot more to talk about. What are some of the, you know, my my sense is that this is this is the this there's another name for this tax act, and I think this called is the full employment cpa tax preparer uh act (laughs) my sense is a lot more people are going to be looking for help on on this year trying to get this thing sorted out than they probably have in the past well you know i certainly hope that that's the case yeah i'm Uh, sure you you know because it could be the other way around (laughs) where they say we don't need tax preparers anymore right yeah so much but for no, that I, yeah that single business or the uh the the single uh one pager yeah simplified yeah. tax or single tax i, think I, those I believe are a long way in the future yeah if ever. if, if you're a, a single individual with only w-2 income you you probably are well suited and you will experience a decrease in complexity in your income tax forms i think oh, okay but if you're other than that if you're a married couple especially a married couple with family if you do own property and have itemized deductions or if you have any kind of business operation your tax return just got a lot more complex to complete ah. because now they tried to again reduce the size of the 1040 where all that passive income eventually flows into right since they reduced the size of it, you don't have the real obvious 
lines of here's where your partnership goes, here's where your capital gain go, here you know you you've lost some of those line items and they turn them into schedules, which have many many rows of information in them. So it might be a little bit more confusing on exactly where do I put that number. Oh, and yeah. now with the pass-through deduction, which has several levels of computation necessary to determine what you get, uh, there's a complexity there that, well, again, I haven't even experienced how the forms are designed in that area. Right. We're not quite so forms-based. You know, we use pretty elaborate softwares that you know I'm the just, pre- preparation yeah. industry does for us that are better than any of the individual ones. But I am concerned that your off-the-shelf products are probably going to be more of a miss than a hit on the new tax code and its calculations than ever before. That's what I was thinking because that, that, that mm-hmm. that's, that's a whole other area of question. You know, how, how, how good are some of these tax packages like the H&R Block or the TurboTax or, or some of the ones you actually you can get on uh, free, you know, the online mm-hmm. that do well, your simple calculations. We're, we're more concerned rate. about those off-the-shelf ones or the mm-hmm. ones that you can download for free because yeah. there's not, uh, you know, there's not an investment in there for them to do the best they can to get these as perfect as they can, you know, to match right. the code. Any of your professional organizations, H&R Block you gave an example of, you know, they develop and put much energy into their own system. So I'm not concerned about an organization like that having bad software. Um, but it's it's where you go out and try to self-service yourself as a taxpayer. Yeah. The tools that you have made available to you might not be there, and we really won't know that until most of the way through tax season when we start getting reports on maybe what some of these softwares are overlooking or not doing. Yep. So I hope that's not the case. But, yes, I am a little pessimistic about it. I think most of your tax preparation uh, uh, professionals would be because we know the complexity of these and how you can get tripped up with oh yeah an exemption here or an exception there that means something different over there and, well and knowing, knowing how that software is written i mean i just just the thought of having to update that stuff is just uh that would give me nightmares Oops. yeah <laughs> but we welcome your contact if you know if you're out there listening and i've just made you get a little bit more worried or have more questions on your mind than you had before well, in a way, that's exactly what I was intending to do. You know, give us a call. Give yep. your tax repair a call. You know, it's that it, this is a time of the year where most of us have the time to spend a little bit of time with you to do tax planning, if you want to call it that, or to prepare you for what, you know, you may owe come March or April. Great. And, and speaking of that, now, how would somebody get a hold of you? Well, you could uh, uh, send us an email to reno at rmbcpa.biz. Our website is www.rmbcpa.biz. We didn't get the .com one, so be careful with that. Um, and uh, just hit us up from there. Yeah, phone number? Phone number is uh, 678-771-7366. No, <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Great. You introduced me earlier as being a fractional CFO. You know, I work with several companies, and I've got several email yeah. accounts, several phone numbers, and I sometimes challenge myself I'll, on remembering the right one. Oh, believe me, I understand. I got the same problem and just with one company. Great. Well, thank you, Reno, and Reno Jr. for being that moral support today. Uh, this has been Strategic Insights Radio on Business Radio X. To find out more about Reno Borgnoni, CPA, or Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. Contact Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. at 678-996-1312 or visit sterlingroseconsultingcorp.com. This is Dave Wilkins. Until next time, take care. Bye.